All right. Hey, guys. This is episode nine of Happy Fun Music Time, a special quarantine podcast about music. I'm here with my co-host, Alex Salas, and I'm here uh-huh. with uh, Mike Julian and Bryce Smith from Rival Town. I, I hope I got your names right. Uh, yep. Perfect. Uh, so how are you guys doing today? How uh, What have you guys been up to since we're all locked up? I'll just uh, think what every other musician's been up to. Just a lot of, just as much creativity as possible. Just writing, uh, mixing, whatever creative project you can take on. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys get it too, but I mean, most of the world obviously shut down, and especially being a musician, you kind of had this like surplus of extra time to try and get ahead for when uh, the world gets rolling again for uh, the music industry, right? So we're just kind of planning out way further in advance usually ever do oh yeah fair enough and uh yeah i saw because uh you guys put out um useless hands uh sometime last year i don't know the day um and you guys said that you're already working on your third album is that gonna be a full length uh it started off as just a couple well honestly around christmas you know you have those few weeks off and uh mike and i just kind of started messing around with some just some ideas that have been sort of sitting around. We kind of wanted to do a little shift in genre change again, just oh, okay. to keep sort of broadening our horizons. And then uh, the songs just came out so cool, and like they just like fell into place like way quicker than anything else we've ever written. And then uh, kind of it sort of bloomed into this like new record that we just started tracking the past uh, few months, and it's just like stuff that I think we're on a whole other level right now of uh, mm-hmm. songwriting compared to even our, our previous release. That's awesome. Um, I listened to uh, uh, some of them, um, sorry, Useless Hands. Uh, it was pretty dope. It uh, kind of had like a sort of like a heavy pop punk kind of thing going on uh, from what I listened to. Um, what uh, What is the new record? Like, what is the genre shift? What does it sound like? You want this one, Mike, or you want me? <laughs> um, a little more structure-wise, definitely a lot poppier structure-wise. Oh, okay. For sure. It's like, uh, yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. I because there's there's heavy there's heavy stuff on there for sure. Um, but uh, I think what we just our goal on these songs is every song we want to have like the biggest like you know cavity inducing hook you've ever heard we just wanted we just want to write songs that gets super hooky yeah yeah like they're they're like every one of these songs is just like stadium hook type thing right we're just like we're we're basically like taylor writing them to be stuck in your head and uh, i think uh we're definitely accomplishing that oh fair enough how are you guys recording it uh going to a studio or are you recording it all yourselves Pretty much doing it ourselves. I have a home studio that I record my stuff at. So does Bryce. We both have our own home studios, home studio setups. We've been communicating back and forth uh, through the internet, but we see each other when we can. But uh, it's been going pretty well. It's been going pretty well. Cool. Yeah, we got a we, we got a cool system actually. Like a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of bands like put out some stinkers doing it that way, but it seems to work for us. <laughs> actually like i mean if we had the budget and the time obviously we'd love to uh go into a great big fancy studio with the producer and stuff but uh our uh our our budget with our with our label kind of limits us to where we uh we want to sit comfortably so we sort of know what we 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 found a good rhythm here where i'll track all the instruments and uh, the rest of the guys here and then i'll send it to mike and he'll kind of uh produce on his end and uh spend like some extra time with vocals where where sometimes when you're in a studio you know how you get rushed so mike he can take a few days and really work on a song versus having to bang it out in two hours that's good for the vocalist especially definitely feels nice yeah because you're not um you don't have to sort of do all your craziest parts in like one or two eight hour sessions right or uh your voice could maybe be a little worn out or something right yeah, exactly, exactly. If I feel worn out the one day, I can just, you know, either chill, wait like an hour or so and try again. If it's still not working, you know, I'll just call it a day and try it again the next day. Uh, a ton of uh, harmonies and stuff because it's uh, poppy and hooky, like you were saying. Is there like 18 layers of uh, vocal tracks on each song? There are definitely a lot of vocal layers, yeah. I, I really, really like playing around with that kind of stuff. 
definitely a lot of backing vocals, a lot of harmonies, a lot of oohs, ahs, all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely love playing around with that stuff. Yeah. And in terms of the the influences, like what um, changed? I guess is the question because you, your last record was more uh, heavy pop punk kind of sound. This one's more poppy. Um, what's the difference in like what you've been listening to, like your musical diet between the two records? Honestly, what it came down to is uh, I, I don't know how much you guys have listened to the last record, but I mean, it, it's kind of a, a themed record. A lot of it is uh, revolved around uh, kind of one topic, and we wrote it that way on purpose, and it, I kind of almost consider it almost like a post-hardcore record, and I think we just wanted to uh, to try that when we first got Mike joining into the band, because he, he could scream, and we always wanted to try some screams in our songs, <laughs> and it sounds great. But I think uh, we were forcing a lot of stuff because we wanted to get material out. And I, I love the album. I love the way it came out. But you can there's parts where I now listen to it and I, I would have thought, well, maybe I would have done that differently. And now I feel like these songs are just kind of the way they flow. The, the one thing I'll, you'll notice uh, about the new, uh, the new material is the vocals are like, like the vocals were great on Useless Hands. Like, but they're on another level on this album. Like we're just basically like it's it's made for, you know, two hundred people to sing along with every single time, and which is which is a good thing. And as far as our influences, I don't think mine have really changed much. It's just the dynamic of where I'm coming from, and in my writing, I used to uh, overthink that every song had to be specifically about my own personal experiences, my own you know, influences and things I like like that. But now I've uh, I've sort of taken a different approach to writing lyrics now where I, uh, I'm i kind of trying to write from other people's perspectives so I'm not just locked into my own my own experiences. I'm sort of yeah. trying to, like, think, all right, well, like, actually, a few of the songs in this catalog are about other members of the band <laughs> as if I were them. That's kind of how I'm trying ah. to write. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's just because it gives me a whole new uh, a whole new uh, you, you run out of material. I mean, when you're when you're a pop punk guy, you can only write about how depressed you are for long enough. <laughs> I read, eventually, you got to start looking for some new uh, influence. And I found that songs have actually like fallen into place way quicker and way easier with uh, this sort of writing style. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. Um... You guys have built like a lot more chemistry now that you already have uh, one album under your belt, right? So um, it probably feels like more natural now uh, and and tighter. I, I bet. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was uh, a while because we we uh, had another singer with us for a few years, and Mike only joined maybe a year and a half ago, and um, a lot of it was just <sighs> Mike learning how to adapt to our style and us learning how to use Mike and utilize him properly because he kind of comes from more of a like a metalcore genty background where yeah. we come from you know like that skate punk early 2000s type thing so well we actually it, it um, up... sorry to interrupt uh, we uh, we actually played uh, with Mike's old band in set before so that uh, a couple times yeah 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 so that um, yeah we know um, like about his old band and everything and uh, oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. and then we heard your guys' name before but I don't think we ever played with you guys um but yeah, so you guys, no. yeah, you guys had to uh, mesh those two different styles. Mm-hmm. It ended up working out, though. Especially, I think, like I said, with this batch of releases, I think Mike sounds more uh, just from my own how I see. It. I think Mike's comfortable, if that's fair, Mike. I don't know if like, it feels like you're like you're well, not, yeah, no, uh, I, you're not rushed either, right? You can exactly. The la- that it. was that was a big factor. Was the last album. Uh, I was a little rush, rushed, which I understand as well, because you got that material for a while, so it was time for you guys to release something. So I was trying to pretty much bang it out as quickly as possible and have it sound still sound good while doing it quick. But this one, I definitely had time to like sit on it. We still have lots of time to just sit on it and make adjustments. And yeah, it's definitely nice. <laughs> so you would so so Mike, you would come in and they had all the songs written already, and it was up to you to. Um, write your own vocals to all the tracks that was the the process for that one um no a lot of it was done there was a few uh tracks that i definitely rewrote a lot of vocals but there was definitely a lot that bryce 
especially the ones Bryce already had, I left a lot of those. I maybe changed just a few things. Mm. There would have there would have definitely been a few other things I would have liked to have changed, but due to time, I couldn't change it. But uh, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it was written by Bryce as well. I I had definitely a say in that. Well, I had a say in a lot of it, but I definitely changed a few songs. Cool. That's giving me uh, major Faith No More vibes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know that story when they hired Mike Patton. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's the uh, that's the uh, the uh, similar situation to what I'm getting from this, which is really cool. And now, and now I gather that you're you're you played with them for longer. This new record is gonna be more indicative of your style, I guess. Mm-hmm. So so that it, and and are, would you say you're bringing that poppy or element, or was that uh, the whole band was like, um, oh yeah, let's let's do it. Honestly, it wasn't like a collective decision to go on this poppy route. It just it just happened. It was mm-hmm. we just when we just started writing stuff, and uh, Mike and I got together earlier in the year and worked on a couple of songs, and uh, we were uh, sitting in his studio one day, and we're like, holy shit, like this is a this is a really cool direction for us, and it doesn't <laughs> feel forced like a lot of bands where you're. Uh, I some people are like when they think we're gonna switch to a popular route, they're expecting us to sound like Simple Plan, but it's definitely not like that. <laughs> it. Definitely it's, still uh, sounds like us. <laughs> it sounds like Rival Town, but it yeah. sounds like a mature. That's the, anytime we've showed anyone any of the new material, they're like, "This is like you guys have like locked in on what you should always sound like," and we're like, "That's a great, that's a great compliment," but. Uh, the thing is, like, I what I usually do is I'll start with a base of what I hear in my head, and I'll usually send that to Mike, and then I just tell him to just go nuts and like do whatever he wants and change this, rewrite whatever he wants so it fits, and he makes it his own song. And I know that in his previous band, he uh, had a little bit less creative freedom as far as the vocals went. He kind of had to do as he was told, but I guess now. Pretty I'm just much, trying to yeah. let him. I want the songs to be his as much as they are ours, right? So yeah, he's going to be the one singing them every night on tour. So we want to make sure that uh, he feels like he's connected to them. It was definitely a nice, refreshing change for sure. Yeah, and I think um, like the kind of more collaborative effort, like sort of when you guys all have your own input, it makes the music more unique. At least I, I know that from mm-hmm. my own experience, right? Sort of when everyone Absolutely. has their hand, uh, they add their ingredients to the pot, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. See, like I've seen uh, different sides of that that whole spectrum. Yeah. Where I've seen, like it's the it's the whole Metallica story, right? As soon as they started writing shit together, it was fucking terrible. Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. This is not podcast. Oh, perfect. Like it, it, I find that uh, I think someone always needs to bring a base layer mm-hmm. of a song, like a, a basic structure, an idea, and then everyone can build on that versus like i've I used to hate when you'd sit at a, a band practice and like okay i got a riff let's try and like literally make this from scratch and it always feels so forced like you're just trying to rush apart and just get to the next section of the song well it's like and trying to create time. a song out of nothing right like exactly yeah mm-hmm. see, let's be honest they they when they get inspired it's because they were listening to something else and they're like well shit how do i subtly rip that off and make my own version <laughs> like that's pretty much every song ever so it's like you kind of got to find your uh, your rhythm and your own inspiration on your own time yeah. and then your band can add their own colorful elements to each uh, each song yeah yeah that's um that's more uh what i meant because of course there's levels to it right it uh if it's always just um out of a pure jam it's pure chaos right but uh Mm-hmm. It's nice when uh, everyone can sort of add like a little flavor, a little bit of a like a dynamic change or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're one of those like prodigy like level bands like Protest or something, that I mean, he can sit there and write this godly masterpiece, just like everyone together. But I find, yeah, all of us kind of uh, usually like the the main songwriters are uh, myself, Mike, and Chris, and we kind of just we'll send each other ideas and then uh we'll sort of hammer them out from there yeah fair enough that's cool so so protests you mentioned are there any other bands that uh maybe individually you want to mention as uh as as inspirations or musicians or albums or anything like that you can go first price everybody in the band is ingredients except for mike usually it's like we all (laughs) five of us like love the same like 
batch of bands and music and influences, and then Mike always comes out of left field with like something that everyone just rips on for. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's there, are, there, there are band similarities, but I, yeah, I, I definitely have a bunch that they definitely don't listen to. <laughs> like what? Like what? What's are some your of favorite band? band that Bryce hates? That's, I want to hear yeah. that. <laughs> uh, right off the bat. Uh, dance, issues. Gavin, dance. Oh, yeah. I, I knew oh, that's that's when I was gonna bring up the whole band thing. So I love issues. I like few issue songs. I really like those songs. <laughs> I, it's kind of it's funny because um, my co-host yeah, and I good. have the exact same uh, yeah. uh, conflict. <laughs> I love Dance, Gavin, Dance, and he really does not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah, just one of those bands. But it, it's like usually like with a lot of the bands Mike likes I can't deny the skill and talent level of the band like I know that I'm listening to like really well written produced shit but I'm just for me personally I'm a huge uh, lyrics guy like oh. I mean like my favorite like lyrics and Dance Gavin Dance is definitely a lot of I'm not a lyrics guy lyrics. that's like <laughs> Yeah. That's what I mean. Like when I listen to Dance Gavin Dance, it's like he's just looking at shit in his room and writing. It. Yeah, like that's the thing that kind of makes me crazy. I'm like I can't relate mm. to this at all. Fair but enough. I mean, like, uh, hey, they make it flow. I've always just been a delivery guy. And you know what? More power to you because there's a lot of bands that uh, they have huge followings based off that exact formula. Like mm-hmm. it's if you can if you can sell it melodically then i mean who cares what it really sounds like but i'm like my favorite uh lyricist well i guess band is uh, the wonder years right and they're all about oh, okay. like just mm-hmm. like yeah. reaching down and grabbing your soul like that's my whole thing so it's uh i really like his side project oh yeah man that's uh, Aaron level. west in the roaring 20s oh yeah. yeah that's definitely some very very powerful music yeah there's uh like that would be yeah i don't know like i said i i I dig, like, a lot of their structures and their writing as far as music goes. I just, some of those bands' lyrics are so fucking bad that I just can't. Unless he ever hears this for some reason and doesn't want us to, like, open for them, then I take it all back. <laughs> well, I'll be, sure, I'll be sure to tag them uh, when I upload yeah. them. So. <laughs> Rice from Rival Town thinks you suck. But, uh, no, it's, uh, I think it's, it's more, it's mainly it just comes down to vocals with the... Uh, with Mike and I, like musically, I understand these bands are dope. Oh, fair enough, man. That uh, the music, like I, I think it's like very subjective, like what people like and what they don't like. Mm-hmm. There is a level of objectivity, like uh, you've got like your Etienne Sins, your Broken Sides of the World, which I, I think are like objectively <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah. But um, sort of every like serious project, I think, is very subjective if they're good or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always those. Uh, do you guys ever watch that um, that YouTube channel, the the punk rock MBA or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen yeah, a few episodes like, of that. Yeah, that guy is just an absolute genius as far as like dissecting why people like these things. He's like he's he's so objective to it too. So it's, uh, I've been watching a lot of his stuff lately. Just stunned. I gotta check that out. Punk rock and M- MBA. MBA. You love him, dude. He, a lot of your favorite bands. You can write that in right thing, now. Uh, he just did a whole twenty-minute episode the other day on like why people like Dance Gavin Dance. That's, like, that's I what I watched. Like Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> he literally went into like exact detail of why people do like it. Oh, I've and, seen this guy before. Yeah, he's really uh, he's really cool as far as uh, being objective to uh, just musical topics. He, oh, uh, cool. I gotta check more of that out. He helped me understand why people don't like uh, DGD. That <laughs> so I was able to see the other <laughs> side of it a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> And I was less yeah, yeah. like, hey, it's blasphemy. How can you not like them? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it came down, I think, to a lot of it. It's just like a lot of people hate fandoms too. And, yeah. like, you know, people like DDR, like, they have this cult fan base. And uh, people just find that annoying. Like, they can't. It's just literally it takes nothing to not like it. And I know there's a lot of bands like those guys. It can come off kind of obnoxious, this. right? Yeah, because, you know, their fans think they're, like, God-tier bands. And to them, they are, and I get it. My girlfriend's favorite band has that same sort of a cult fan base. Uh, You guys remember The Main? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to look. Like, I thought that, like, I just forgot about them. I thought it was, like, a thing, like, that was a 10-year-old band. And then Uh, uh, they have this insane cult fan base, man. Like, if you look at their social media stuff, how they 
how they sell themselves is insane. Like they've been independent for like 15 years and they own like 20 pop-up stores of just selling their merch that are like all of like storage. You can go into like the mall. And like, like brick and mortar. Huh. Like, like it's in, like, yeah, they crazy. just sell main merchandise. Like. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, uh, I've gotten a lot more into them. I was kind of digging a lot more since she's sort of been, uh, opening my uh, eyes to that whole world but i mean as far as there's a lot of bands like that that are just genius marketing too like like attila everyone knows kind of sucks but uh. they're genius marketing <laughs> like <laughs> like i mean i don't know it's the same with i prevail yeah exactly. Uh, I, I i can't say i'm a fan of either of those bands but uh, they are yeah, great I, I, i'm with you buddy i'm with you <laughs> yeah, but they, they know how to market themselves yeah exactly that's mm-hmm if everyone could do that, I'd uh, I'd be in their position, but uh, it's it's tricky. That uh, social media is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have played with some cool bands, all right? Like, what are some of your your favorite bands that you've opened for or played with, shared a stage with? Like, uh, we were oh jeez, uh, I don't know. Some of my favorites, um, personally for Rival Town, my favorite. Uh, we opened for Gob. Remember those guys? Oh, oh my God. Foot and mouth disease. Yeah, yeah. Them. That's awesome. We opened for them a couple Classic. times. Classic. I don't know if you remember this big uh, skate punk band from like the 2000s called Mill and Colin. Oh, yeah. We, oh, uh, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we opened for them once. We've uh, opened for... What was that? Uh, it's a big emo band. They uh, were singing Oh, Hawthorne Heights. Really? That's <laughs> cool. Played with them. We toured with a couple of like friend bands that are uh, kind of at that next level. We did a tour with We Were Sharks and uh, a few other bands like Boys of Belmont. Fall. We toured with Belmont. Yeah, Belmont with, yeah. I got to play uh, with All That Remains my last band. All That Remains is really cool. That would have been oh, no way. Yeah. That's some pretty big names. Then, uh, as far as, yeah, as far as since Mike's been in, I don't know anyone else I can't really think of Mike that's been uh, uh, I, well, we I did, just like, played the Belmont one I remember. And we did like the Seaway, like Pacific, and all like you know mm-hmm. every band in Ontario open for those guys. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we we've been pretty fortunate because when the band all started in Thunder Bay, Ontario, right? So it's like a little city up in the north, and uh, we were kind of we sort of played the same three venues as much as we could for a year, and we're like, well, that's great, we can pack these shows now, but uh, no one gives a shit when you're outside of your hometown, right? So we, uh, we just packed up the whole band and moved to southern Ontario, and then uh, we ended up finding Mike later on. Oh, so you guys wow. moved um, to St. Catharines, like, as a group? Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that part of the story. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's a lot of... How did you... How did you? Was that something that you had to convince the other guys to do, or was it something well, that everybody, you know... Uh, one of our members... Uh, he was gonna move here and uh just kind of quit the band we're like man we can't break up the band and then uh we all started thinking we're like well where should we move let's like let's try this for real and we thought at least with st Catharines, our our main argument is we were so close to the border so we could hop over and start doing states tours and then uh we're we live in the gta technically but we're not paying gta prices to live here so it was kind of like sort of that perfect spot we're close to everything and we can just kind of uh we mainly moved here just to be able to tour right and then yeah, yeah. it's been great for state stuff though because you're literally like we're like 15 minutes from the border right there wow that's cool wow and do you guys all live in a house like are you renting like a yeah. we we did that shit for like three years man and it was the it was an eye-opener <laughs> like everyone thinks it's gonna be amazing because living with your friends you know, yeah, we all live together. We're gonna jam together, and it's gonna be awesome. And and it, it, there is a lot of perks to it because you can literally just be like, "Yo, let's go upstairs and jam for a minute." But uh, <laughs> a little, the worst part is after you've just like been on the road together for two weeks, and like you're sick of just sitting in a hot van. They're still wanna... there. Yeah, you laugh. You're sick of them. Seize your band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all, everybody, kind of split up this uh, last fall. We all moved out and. Everyone's kind of living. Uh, we're all close, but like we're all with. Aside from Mike, we're all within like ten minutes of each other. But uh, mm. but Mike's only still a half hour away, so it's not that big of a deal. I know he's moving closer to us eventually too, so mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy for us just to uh, rehearse and get together. Well, that's good. That's good. Fair enough. So um... yeah, it was very healthy as far as uh, 
our sanity went. Not <laughs> yeah, some other. time apart. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciated each other a lot more. I think after like me and the Chris, our other guitarist. You know how there's always those a couple of members in the band that never get along. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like every band has the like, two guys that just bicker no matter what. And that was Chris and I for years and years. And we still do bicker a lot, but we've actually gotten a lot tighter <laughs> since we stopped living together. Oh, distance like, uh, makes we, the heart go fonder. Yeah, well, we talk every day now, and you used to be like, oh, my God. We don't even <laughs> want to be in the kitchen together. But now it's like we are uh, we get along a lot better. We're on the same page as far as writing goes, and then uh, it's made our relationship a lot better. Good, good. <laughs> no, where did the band name where, where did the band name come from by the way rival town um we uh when we were trying to think of a name we were uh how do we do it we, we we had like a bristol board or something in the basement and basically we just left a marker there and anytime someone had something they were just go over and write down a name on the board and then eventually before we're like okay before our first show we gotta fucking have a fucking band name so <laughs> originally i think the band was going to be called runner up and, and uh we talked uh another one was like high score and then we're like these are so cheesy and then uh, <laughs> i think yeah someone just said rival town one time at a band practice and we're like that's it that's it and then we all just kind of collectively agreed on that oh that's cool. um it's good you guys agreed that easily um not to like talk about myself on an interview that's about you guys but um we took a very long time to come up with the band name for our old band kill no albatross it was a very grueling process uh, and we all disagreed on everything (laughs) and what i was gonna say was rival town works for you guys because one of the things we kind of agreed on was it has to pass the google test right you have to be able to google the band name and like that's the only thing that pops up right so like <laughs> like rival town i think accomplishes that but maybe like high score or runner up probably wouldn't right exactly. yeah yeah because yeah. if you search high score it's like what's that like you get like arcade scores or something but yeah it took <laughs> us like months to agree on kill no albatross and we had multiple votes and like it was gonna be kill the albatross or kill no albatross and uh everyone was like tolerant of it no one was like fully happy (laughs) if you want to speak on that alex but no that's that's like the hallmark of compromise when no one's happy (laughs) collectively miserable yeah i get that yeah we uh it's funny because the rival town thing um there's a band uh that we learned after the fact called rival sons and Uh, you don't know i didn't realize they're this huge fucking band but anytime we're playing like these random venues and cities we've never played, there'll always be like some drunk people storming and like, oh my god, Rival Sons is playing this place tonight. Nobody <laughs> even told me. And we're like, we're not Rival Sons. We're yeah, like, yeah, that's right. We're Rival kids. Sons. Come to the stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. And, uh, yeah, we've had that happen a bunch of times now. We've had to like tell drunk people, like, no, I'm prepared to be disappointed. We're not. Who you think we are. <laughs> is Rival Sons like a sell- big band? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I thought like maybe it was just an anomaly. It was only going to happen a couple of times, but yeah. no. When it got to like the tenth show that we were explaining to people that we're not rival sons, then uh, oh well, we're we're, we're glued assume, to the name I, now. I assume they just catch on once they see me just screaming in their faces that it's not rival <laughs> yeah. sons. Now you guys should have a you guys should have a shirt or something that says rival sons in like giant letters, and then in really tiny letters it says we're not right above it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> I, 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 still like, I still like the one t-shirt uh, we have that sold really well the uh, what was it oh uh, said, uh, oh great set bro yeah. <laughs> no, great set bro you killed it you killed it yeah you had that on a shirt that's amazing yeah we had yeah. that on a shirt yeah we, <laughs> we, we were happy with that one we wanted to make a uh, like a small run of those shirts that had like a little back disclaimer post that said like so it goes great set bro you killed it and then on the back it says now get your shit off the stage (laughs) usually um usually after that's said there's a request for a piece of your gear 
we actually started touring with so many bands and after their set we had to find different things to say because if we did say that it would just sound like we were sarcastic assholes so we had to like really personalize it oh, yeah that's true I, yeah. I only said it when I genuinely meant it, and then I didn't ask for gear afterwards. I, I made like an effort. To do that. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've lied a few times. Myself from saying it, man. Like it just happens. You're, so you're standing on stage waiting for them to get their shit off, and you just want to say, like, "Can you get your shit off quicker, man?" Like, <laughs> Some people take so fucking long. It's the worst. <laughs> that might be my one of my biggest pet peeves in all of music is watching a guy like take down his kit on stage and then some kid wrapping his cables and you're like dude you've clearly never done this like well i've now we've got our rigs to a point now where uh we're we're planning for touring a lot we uh we have our rigs to like this mobile thing where it's like we just open our road cases turn on the power and we're we're good and then we we're done like no sitting around yeah. fucking around for we do have kind of an extensive light setup which is a oh, bit wow. of a pain but if we're if we're headlining then we'll uh usually uh try and get that all done before any of the other bands get there but it doesn't like interfere mm-hmm. with any other bands but it is a little bit of a pain yes well yeah i mean i i've i've endured the drummers dismantling their drum kits <laughs> on stage so many times <laughs> it is so annoying like <laughs> Like, dude, you can take that crash symbol off. Like, you can you can take it off the stage. You don't need it to be packed. It's yeah, hallmark hallmark of an amateur band. Oh, and on um, the classic uh, drummer has to use their shells, and they're like in the middle of the set, and they share yeah, with yeah. everyone else, so that you have to take the whole thing off and put it back. <laughs> I think we're all thinking of one individual band right now. <laughs> but yeah, we might be. Exactly. I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. I, I actually am thinking of a specific <laughs> band right now. Or are we? I totally know exactly. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I have I, the same experience as us, but the worst part is like the band is really nice, but they were very adamant on not changing their set position, either like opening or closing. So they wanted to swap out gear, and it was they were luck. They were good at about it and being able to do it quick like they had a good system being able to do it in like less than 10 minutes but it's still everyone knows it's a pain in the ass yeah, yeah uh, fair enough. oh well that's part of the game man you're always gonna deal with headaches on the road we were uh, i had a question for you guys actually uh, right. you guys ever uh what's your grumpiest sound guy experience uh, <laughs> oh we just had a recent one we just had a recent one before covid right before covid at uh duffy's yeah tell us about that oh okay yeah ours ours was like I actually thought that six guys were going to get into a fight with the sound guy on stage. Like, it was so bizarre. He's like this like old dude who's like completely set in his ways, and I think he was wasted too, so that didn't help. But he, uh, we rolled in and we're like, our setup's not very complicated. We have like two guitars, bass, and uh, three vocals, and we need a DI for tracks and stuff. And we we're trying to explain this to him, and he's like, "What the fuck do you mean?" You have a DI, two DIs? What the fuck is that? I've done this for 30 years. I've never seen anything like this. Like, you, you mean you've never seen anything like this? Well, was your <laughs> DI, sorry, was your DI just like uh, someone's laptop that you had tracks on? Is that kind of thing? Uh, our drummer runs it all off like an iPad. And then yeah. our, we have a keyboard player too. So we basically run, uh, we just need two two track lines. Yeah, that doesn't and, that doesn't yeah. sound too complicated at all. But go yeah. on. Oh, we bring our own DI <laughs> yeah. and everything too. So it's like all he needs is to just hand us the XLR and we've got it. Yeah. But uh, there, uh, this guy was like screaming at us on stage. He's calling us to the dirt, and like we're our, like we're, it's our headlining show too, and the room's pretty full. So we're we're trying to just like be like, dude, just do your fucking job, man. Like we're we're very non-confrontational. We like to be sound guys, like non-headaches. But yeah. this guy was next level mean. <laughs> I thought him and Devo were gonna scrap it out. <laughs> That's what I thought. I had to be like, "Yo, Devo, just just tell him to fuck off." Yo, I walked. I walked off the stage. I was getting anxiety. I'm like, "What? What's going on right now? Why is this happening? It's <laughs> why this is such a basic setup. I don't understand what the issue is." <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, a lot of sound guys are they, they want to be musicians, right? And they're. Uh... <laughs> They're envious of anyone who has any form of success at all. I mean, I I think that uh, Cro- like uh, Crossy and I are probably thinking of the same sound guy right now. <laughs> oh, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, 
Yeah, I'm thinking of Ron right now. <laughs> yeah, I, so like, I don't really care about um, like using names in this scenario. So um, well, this was also like so long. Yeah, ago, it doesn't matter yeah. at this point. It yeah. was back in our old band, uh, Gatling. Um, and where were we? Uh, Lee's Palace. Lee's Palace. Yeah, we were yeah. playing a show at Lee's, and um, it we like in his defense. I mean, we were kind of green at that time. It was our first band. Uh, but so we set everything up. It's just a uh, four-piece band, uh, two guitars, one of them sings, bass player, drums, uh, no DIs, pretty easy stuff. Um, the guy is just fucking cussing us out. He's very angry the entire time. And then while Alex is doing his sound check for drums, he's like, "Do your hi hat." And Alex like, "Open or close?" Just just like hi hat. And then Alex plays it a bit, and then he's like, "Oh, you should have fucking had it open." Like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And we were, I think we were like 16 or something. So yeah, we were like 16, we're a little bit yeah. meek, right? Like, I yeah. wouldn't take that kind of shit now that I'm 26, 10 years later. But back then, I, you know, you're a bit intimidated by these kind of guys. Probably right? so confused. Yeah, yeah. He was so aggressive. For, it was like a dirty looking guy with like a stringy ponytail, like a wife beater. Like he looked exactly. like a bender all night. Like it was, it was uh... the standard sound guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looked like a worn down roadie that just like gave up. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that one stood out, but we didn't really. I mean, we haven't ever had any other really bad ones other than that. I think, but no, that was the worst one. Yeah. But what about what for you guys? A question like, what about what about worst set? Have you ever had a, a set where you just got off stage and you were like, oh my god, that was that sucked. We bombed, or has it never happened? You guys play um, perfect all the time. We don't play perfect necessarily, but we uh, we run everything off like a like a click rig. So it's like we're usually, if anything bad happens, it's usually uh, like gear malfunction or something like that. Yeah, someone's shit stopped working or something like that. But I mean, we uh, I can think of more scenarios where it was the venue's fault that the show sucked than it was ours necessarily. We played in some place in New York last year. What was that? What was that like weird corner stage, Mike? Uh, that had like no real sound. I can't remember the place was called. Oh, Poughkeepsie. Bing- Binghamton, New oh, York. Oh, Binghamton. It was Binghamton. Yes, it was Binghamton. Yep, and that's right. It was like on stage, like from the first note. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Ah. <laughs> like, like I could hear like how terrible it sounded on the stage. And we, uh, the one argument we do have with like smaller type venues that don't have a proper setup is that we. Uh, We've got our whole uh, stage volume thing like dialed. Like we know how to make our band sound fine if you don't have mics for cabs and all that shit. We got it dialed to like a point where it's gonna sound great. You just mix vocals and keys. And uh, I think yeah, we played a couple of stinker venues where it's just like we, our photographer guy, he'll always be like, "Do you want to see some video from that?" I'm like, "I don't want to see." Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> just, just discard all evidence you have of the sound in that room. And uh, no, I don't know if this band. Maybe before Mike came, one time we uh, we were doing an album release show like four or five years ago, and we uh, we'd been practicing this one intro for like we had we we do very our shows are very uh, are very like high energy lights and sound and smoke and all that shit. But we had been practicing this one intro, and then like. Like a couple, I think two guys like came in on the wrong time, completely, and like this never happens to us. And it was like just a train wreck. But I tried to save it as quick as I can. And like the only way you can, I find to save yourself in those circumstances is you have to own it and stop and like be hilarious about it. Otherwise, if the if the you know you've been in a room where you somebody botches something, the whole room can feel that energy. How deep were you into the song? Sorry to interrupt. What's that? How deep are you into the song? Like, if you stop, Dude, this was like the first ten seconds. Oh, of the okay, show. okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it was exactly it. And we're, uh, but like we we saved it really quick. We're like, yo, you know what's funny is we practiced that for like five months. So uh, we're ready for the rest of the show. And then everyone was like laughing their asses off because we owned it quick and we made it funny. So yeah. Because if you if you have seen enough bands where like somebody will flub something or something will happen and then like that person will just 
look so defeated, and it just sucks the energy out of the room. <laughs> you just got yeah. played off like Blink-182 does, like, oh, shit, and then continue on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sooner you own it and laugh it off, then uh, usually you're, uh, the room will, will bounce back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Blink has almost made it like a part of their live set to screw Pretty up. Pretty much. Like, it's like expected <laughs> yeah. when you go that they're going to It's gonna like not stop, a Blink right? show. Well, in Tom days, it wasn't a Blink show unless Tom fucked up at least three times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, as far as screw-ups, though, I don't think there's been any real major ones with you. No, group. I can't think of any that I can say that, like, we bombed. Obviously, like, there was sets that, like, weren't the greatest, and then there were sets that were great, but, like, I can't think of any that were, that I could say were, we, that we bombed. Oh, I can think of one, and only one, but it was, like, strange circumstances. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to mention that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unless we were, you wanted to mention it's it. It's up to you guys if you oh, want to yeah, discuss I, it. I don't have to use names. Like, we're, we're cool with the guys. That we're, we were trying out some uh, a bass player one time, and uh, really cool. He's an awesome, an awesome guy, all-around yeah. good guy. But it was just like it was his first time gigging in this type of uh, scenario. So uh, oh, so you brought him out to a show, like to play with you yeah, guys. Yeah, okay. We're, we're gonna kind of do like a test trial run. All right. And uh, and he like overall he just he wasn't he wasn't really ready yet for that type of uh, level, and you could sort of feel it on stage. Like he looked just terrified, and and there was a few points where we're like, man, you gotta. Just smile, dude. Have a good time. There's like no one here. Just you know, you don't have to be scared. Just have fun. And uh, it kind of, well, that was like the first part. And then our click rig went out, and he was so used to playing to this click rig with us, so it kind of uh -oh. swapped the rest of the show. I mean, like overall, we still had a good time, and it wasn't yeah. really, it, honestly, it wasn't that big of a deal. But he, uh, after that, I don't think he was really looking to do that uh, that level of uh, band again. Oh, but, uh, so he wasn't into it after that. No, he he didn't feel like, right about it. Yeah, it, it that kind of crushed him. Decision. Oh. And uh, we're like, man, I can see it in your face. You're not, you're not about this. And like, you know, it's if it was one of those things where uh, I think if uh, if he came off and he was like, yo, I fucked it, but whatever, we're gonna go again. Then you know what, we we would have tried again, but I don't think he wanted to really. So we uh, we just kind of went a different direction. Oh, fair but, enough. Uh, so a lot of it was yeah, on it was his no, end. Nothing like... against this guy. He put in the time, and he uh, he's a really good dude. Yeah. And we had no problems. He could play all the songs fine. It was just he came down to live performing and just wasn't really. Mm -hmm. anything. Oh, absolutely. And that's um, you'll never know if he like doesn't try to play one show. That was his first show, right? And uh, it's not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, there's a difference between, like, being insane musicians versus being, like, performers, right? You gotta either have it or you don't. And a lot of it comes down with practice, but uh, if you're just not a performer, then you're just not a performer. And mm -hmm. uh, I think with time, he could have been, but where our schedule was lining up with a lot of tours and stuff that... Yeah. Uh, he has to want to, right? To, yeah, we didn't have the yeah. time to really mm -hmm. put into it, and that's kind of why our old bass player has been lingering with us for years even though he supposedly quit years ago and he still plays every show with us and he's Wait, in the new music video and he's he's in all the pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I saw the he, he pictures and there was like six of you guys yeah he's a our bass yep, player don't let him ever tell you that he's not in the band because he is in the band he's in the band <laughs> we'll it's have like to have a him on. running joke now he quit a few years ago, uh, no, two years ago, when uh, our singer at the time quit. They, he was moving on, just doing a different chapter in his life. And uh, then, like, last summer, we had a big tour coming up. And I'm like, dude, I need someone to fill in. And he's like, yeah, man, no problem, I'll fill in. And he came back, and it felt, as soon as he walked in the room, it felt like it was supposed to feel. Like, the band was like, oh, this is what we're supposed to sound like. And uh, it just it felt great, and then basically even I felt that, and I hadn't even like jammed with Jordan before. Yeah, and then ever since it's just like he kind of plays every show, and he's popping up in a lot more pictures. And we just uh, shot a music video a week and a half ago, and he's in the music video. Fair enough. But so if he's... you ask, if you ask him though, like point blank, if he was on this call, he would tell you he's not in the band. <laughs> yep. Uh... I'll be sure to do that. He's, he's, a, he's in the band. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so he's just hanging out with you guys for a few years. But 
Are you when yeah, are you gonna have the uh, what are we discussion with him? Oh, dude, we have that every <laughs> the relationship. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every show, because uh, cool. people will come over to be like, dude, I thought you quit years ago. And he'd be like, I did, man. And then we're like, <laughs> but you didn't because you're here. And, and uh, for a guy that uh, has quit, he sure likes to hang out and spend a lot of time with us. Yeah, it's funny and, uh, because usually it's the opposite where um, they don't want to like quit the band on paper, but they just fucking don't do anything. Like, oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, they're just yeah. Like, non committal. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that, uh, I don't know, it kind of works out well for you in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah like we'll the, take that over the other one for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's like a weird thing. It's like your dog dying and your mom saying you could keep it. So we kind of just like <laughs> kept them around and he's always been there. But like the band sounds its absolute best when he's a part of it. And yeah. he uh, he's just like crazy high energy. He matches. It looks right. You can tell we've done a couple of tours without him and just ran bass tracks. And uh, it sounds fine. It sounds like us. But I mean there's a different level of energy when he's there with us and he just, it sounds and looks like rival town. So, I mean, yeah. I'm going to keep working on him and see how long I can keep him for a few more years. Sorry, you go Alex. I was going to ask, I might have this wrong, but so, uh, Mike, do you produce other bands? Like were you the guy doing the hollow core stuff recently? Yeah. 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 I'm working with them right now. Yeah, cool, because we we talked to them like uh, a month ago, maybe now. Um, awesome. And and uh, so, how did that come about? Did you meet them at a show or something like that? I worked with uh, the vocalist Austin uh, at Pub Fiction for a long time, so we got along very very well. And mm. uh, yeah, he was in uh, Built by Thieves at the time, but then he made Holocore after, and uh, we were hanging out a lot already. And he knew I had a setup, so he convinced mm. Holocore to come by my place and they record here and i've like i've just been like practicing mixing mm-hmm. uh i've been slowly getting better and better so that's why like i give them really good rates just because like i'm practicing but yeah, yeah we've been having a lot of fun they have really fun really good songs so it's been a it's been a blast i actually can't wait for a lot of people to or i can't wait for everyone to hear this album that's it's cool. gonna be really good do you bring anything from Rival Town to Holocore? Are you producing them at all? Is there, are there any elements you see yourself musically kind of fusing into that band, or is it strictly like an engineering kind of gig? Um, yeah, kind of just like strictly en- engineering gig. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really bring anything from Rival Town to them. It's just kind of a separate thing. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. Oh, cool. Have um. Have you guys, like Rival Town, have you guys ever worked with any kind of producer or anything? Or have you guys just sort of the songwriting's just been um, like you two and I think you said Chris as well, right? Yeah, Chris yeah, as well, we've, yeah. Um, right now we're, uh, we kind of self-produce as far as writing goes, but we've, uh, on these releases, we've, uh, the mixing engineers we've went with, I don't know if that's that me or you guys. Okay. That's not me. Um, that's not me. Oh, that that was me. <laughs> no <worries>. Michael. <laughs> no, but um, we're. Uh, do you remember Chunk No Captain Chunk? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. They're, uh, they're producing and mixing this record, oh. and uh, yeah, we just like our first single that we're uh, dropping here pretty soon. Like the mix came out just unreal, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we've hooked up a couple of cool, uh, really cool features on this record as well. I can't uh, drop secret. any of that yet, but um, yeah, we're pretty we're pretty pumped on some of these features we've got too, and uh, I think we've kind of every well we signed with a different label last fall, and uh, we kind of really wanted this batch of recordings to sort of uh, put us, I guess, uh, in that same caliber with a lot of the big bands we listen to. So we've been mm. sort of investing our time and money a little bit differently into how we do things. Just you know, you want to be on the same playing field, so you're uh, you kind of start falling into that caliber of bands. Mm. But um, yeah, we're definitely super super hyped on how uh, these mixes and uh, recordings are going. How does it work with the label? Like, do they uh, give you a deadline of when they need a certain number of songs sent to them? Um, Usually, that's how it, it would work, right? But now with this whole COVID thing, like we kind of. Had, we usually we have a label meeting every Friday with uh, 
all the owners and like uh, interns and bands and uh, we kind of just discuss how how we're going to do things now and um because i mean a lot the when you when you put this time to an album the your goal is to eventually tour it right but now with uh, that being so up in the air with bands going on tours we've had to uh, kind of change our whole mindset about how we're going to release stuff yeah and i think now basically until the uh, we get the green light we're we're kind of doing like a single by single basis basically we're not announcing like an official record or anything like that we're uh we're just gonna keep pumping out like just dope singles you know whenever we do and uh music videos to uh just stay relevant in the game because the one thing that's a really big bummer is after useless hands came out we were uh the goal was this summer we were touring that record and we had uh we were supposed to actually leave in like what nine days mike or something like yeah that. Yep. and uh on this like super dope states run for like i think it was like 12 or 13 days and uh we had some awesome cities planned we had like chicago and pittsburgh and all these like dope cities we always wanted. Uh, yeah and awesome. uh we had to scrap that whole thing i was and, excited uh, for that one but it's almost like that whole album is almost a write-off for touring because by the time uh your bands are allowed to tour again no one wants to tour a two-year-old album and mm -hmm. uh, so it's like we're kind of now we're just trying to stay relevant by staying in people's timelines and in their uh, their playlists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough with COVID. I'm I'm worried about uh, venues surviving. Like once it yeah. ends, I mean, what's going to be left? There's already been a few that are uh, disappointing. They're gone. Yeah, the Fox is gone. That was one of my favorite spots. Yeah, that uh, very. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. The uh, the one thing like. I mean, we were talking about this at our label meeting too, but it's like, uh, it, it's kind of, uh, it's bad obviously, but I think what it's going to do is it's going to force bands to, to kind of think on the other side of the page, right? Like bands are going to have to get creative. And what I, I think is going to happen is you're going to see a huge kind of resurrection of the house show tours which I think would be pretty cool. I am totally mm -hmm. cool with that, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, if venues can't hold anybody, eventually people are going to get fed up and they're going to say, well, shit, I could pack 60 people into my basement. And then you're going to start seeing, like, bigger bands doing, like, these house show runs. Like, yeah. Real Friends and stuff used to do that. And uh, I know that, like, planning long-term, if we can't uh, get into venues because they're either booked up or closed, then we're going to start getting creative and just, like, book in the craziest places we can just to be able to play well there are some guys yeah. doing that around here like um we i think what like four episodes ago three episodes ago we were talking to the boys in more av underground and they throw house shows all guys, the time man. oh we love playing there you know those guys fair enough um, those are our guys man and i think um the single wound guys they uh they do a bunch of house shows i, I might be wrong on that ah, yeah. yeah 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 i even saw single wound play a skate park uh, too yeah, the Kill Room in Hamilton. That's awesome. The, the Morav guys do house shows. Um, yeah, like you were saying, uh, Single Wound does. We did one of the craziest shows we've ever played was a house show with the Morav guys uh, about a year ago this time. And it was like, I, I wonder if I could find video footage somewhere. It is fucking wild. Like, I remember, like, just, like, looking around the room and, like, this, like, I don't know how the cops haven't shut this down yet. This is just absolutely insane. Well, that's, like, out there Devo the punched a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, so, like, like people were just punching holes in the walls and yeah. breaking shit. And it was, uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. But, uh, I know, uh, you know... Oh, my God. Sorry, what? Uh, do you, are you guys familiar with uh, the Barry band, uh, Flight 97? Yes, I've heard of them before. Yeah, their guy, Adam, has put on a couple legendary house shows. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he, uh, you know, I, he, me and him have been talking lately. He's kind of got this whole uh, idea. He's been floating around of, like, uh, cul-de-sac concerts kind of thing. And uh, I think that could be... Because, I mean, everyone can social distance. And uh, we've been sort of discussing the idea of, like, you know, getting, like, a, a dead-end cul-de-sac and just running jenny's and having everybody stand far apart as long as all your neighbors know you're going to be done by 11 you could like throw a pretty pretty badass show but uh we're just kind of trying to think outside the box now about how to how to do this huh. yeah, fair enough. that's cool 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, th- th- this is a sl- mild anecdote here. When you were talking about your show with Murav and um, how it was crazy punching holes in the walls, I recently discovered this band. If you uh, have you guys heard of the band Hanadarash? No. <laughs> so they're uh, they're not around anymore. They were a Japanese band who. Um, had the they were called Japan's most dangerous band, and you can find some photos of them on Google Images. They would do things like uh, they drove a backhoe through a venue during their show, <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> and so there's images of like the venue falling down as their singer is like screaming, jumping out of this construction vehicle, and um, that's insane. Yeah, and so I, I they eventually got banned from ever playing anywhere in like the entire country um, but, but yeah you can google them and you can find uh, there's like crazy shot to this band so uh, the question is would rival town ever consider uh, destroying a venue with a, with a backhoe that's a good question <laughs> that's just one of those things we gotta see if it's in the budget and uh, the insurance guys will cover it we should bring like, up the I mean, label meeting we've uh, <laughs> definitely mangled a few. our whole thing is we uh We've gotten in some trouble for this. Is uh, this is like, but keep in mind, this is like the Teletubbies of destroying things. But we uh, we we go to Party City and we get those like fucking four foot confetti cannons, and like we'll like play a song that has a huge breakdown or something, and yeah. then my brother will launch off these confetti cannons in the middle of like a tiny room, <laughs> and it oh, just great. looks like absolute chaos in there, and. Uh, my brother thought it'd be funny to do that in the Morav basement, and uh, I've been. The poor mother was to... vacuuming that for months. <laughs> yeah, nine nine months ago, I think we played that show, and like <laughs> every few weeks, I'll get like a Snapchat from one of those guys being like, "Yo, man, guess what I found today? More confetti." It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that was like nine months ago, and you still pulling stuff. They're out. making their mom vacuum that. I'm gonna have to have them back on and reprimand them. They should be doing that. <laughs> Yeah, they're a fun bunch. No, they're yeah, good. they're uh, just just all around good dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hilarious, and that's uh, yeah, that's harmless too. I mean, uh, that sounds like a lot of vacuuming, but uh, it seems like it. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, it can be cleaned anything. up, right? <laughs> well, it's just you sit there like you can't wreck someone's house or venue when you got like you know twenty grand worth of back like backline on the stage because you're gonna get your shit fucked up too. So it's yeah. uh. There was a Hard Times article I remember seeing one time. It was like, yeah, this vintage priceless tube amp's a great place to set down your beer, man. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, always an anxiety-inducing experience. Oh, man, yeah. Well, when we we did the Warp Tour, there was a giant um, gust of wind at one point, and we had a a tent set up and everything, and we had all our equipment um, kind of lined at the back of the tent, and there was this band in front of us who, I forget who they were, some random band, and uh, the wind blew their cooler over, and so all the water and the ice and, like, it all spilled all over, all, like, the merch. I think I remember that. Yeah, that was like a heart did, attack did, moment. Didn't we play the same year? Yeah, we did. We, yeah, we you false yeah. was on the bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was. A, you guys didn't get any water on uh, your stuff, I'm gathering. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a fun time. That would have been a cool show to play. That's uh, one of those things I think every band kind of wishes they got to do, that whole Warp Tour deal. It'll like, come back. It's it's still yeah, around, kind of. Like they're still doing something. I think it's just like staying in the states, though. Well, I mean, obviously uh, not right yeah. now. Not right now with COVID, but yeah. Yeah, I, I suspect it'll come back though in five or ten years, like a full fledged uh, thing. I, it's too like valuable a property almost not to. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It makes too much money. Mm-hmm. That's if um whether or not they do it with um, uh, what Kevin Lyman, right? They might, uh, yeah. maybe he'll let go of it or something, and they'll just keep going on with it. But uh, I think I read somewhere recently that Franz from Matilla wanted to take it on. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Well, I'd, hey, be, that... I'd be fine with that as long as he didn't play it himself. Uh, I feel like yeah. he could do a good job managing it. Like, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> For sure. Oh man. Okay, we're closing it on an hour. So, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Any other uh, any bands you want to shout out? Any uh, upcoming stuff? Anything you want to say to the people? 
Um, what do we want to plug, Mike? I mean, obviously, Mike does his uh, rival crown uh, engineering and video <laughs> music stuff. videos or lyric videos and all that. Mm-hmm. And so- yeah. Um, as far as me, I do. Uh, I have a studio that I do. Uh, record bands in called smoothie studio and uh, so if anyone's looking to do anything like that um as far as the band goes you can find us on all social media we're on you know everything uh, we've got a website rivaltownband.com and uh pick up our last album useless hands and uh be on the lookout very shortly i'm like i'm talking shortly for a uh something pretty cool we're dropping here soon and uh, I think that's really kind of all we're uh, we're plugging right now something cool. cool like are you gonna got any hints for us or well I mean probably new music would be the ah. easiest thing to go <laughs> nothing that cool I'm just trying to sound like you know ominous but uh, <laughs> yeah, oh. no, not, not, nothing that cool but uh, as far as like I haven't been this excited about new music in a very long time so it's uh like i'm more excited about this than i was on anything off of useless hands arguably so i mean it's I, i'm pretty i'm pretty hyped on uh, i think what uh what we're dropping and how the people are going to respond mm-hmm. well that's well, that's sick yeah. we'll be checking it out yeah absolutely um Thanks, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll throw all the links to your stuff uh in the description um, and yeah, like, thanks for coming on today, boys. It was a fun time talking. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to talk again, maybe in like 20 episodes or so. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 